This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition. Welcome to Golo's House. Welcome to another edition of WrestleMix Radio. I'm Brandon Thurston, broadcasting on demand and live from Buffalo, New York, South Buffalo, to be specific. Yes. Deep, deep in the the fuchsia-colored uh, territory of Byron Brown. Lots of write-down Byron Brown signs <laughs> on my way into, into the neighborhood today. Uh, we are going to talk about the world of professional wrestling business. I, uh, I am here at Golo's house. As you can see, I think I'm sitting in one of his kitchen chairs or something like that right now. D- dining room chairs. Dining room chairs. <laughs> yes. uh, if you're watching live right now on YouTube, we are we have the weather map in front of us. The uh, the Gullo report with all the TV ratings is behind us. I will be able to point to it. Gullo will be able to point to it. Um, but I'm here in person today for my date with destiny versus your microphone. Yeah. You have a vendetta against it. The the battle with your microphone, there was some progress made with your AT2020. Uh, I have not yet defeated it yet, though. Uh, we're still having issues making you hear me on on your microphone. Yeah. But, we, but we've made progress. We had your... Uh, you didn't realize that your AT2020 was also a monitoring device. Yeah. Now, now you know that. Uh, but it's not as loud as it once was, at least at last test. Yes. Is that a lily? Is that like a lily doll right there? No. You don't have like a, a fiend lily doll? What is that? No. It's a grumpy cat. It's a grumpy cat. Okay. Yes. It, it looks kind of like a lily doll from afar. <laughs> no, I have no lily dolls here. I'm surrounded by Spider-Man things. And uh, there's wrestling things in here too, right? Yes. Yeah. I So this is like a room in progress. I'm actually going to tear down all these walls mm-hmm. and turn this into like more of like a studio, like lounge type deal. Really? Yeah. This is going to get renovated within the next year or so. Like. This is all going to get torn down. Uh. Okay. You could probably get closer to the mic. Listeners who, yes. are, who are watching the chat, you could like pull the stand. You could like, no, 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 well, you could do that. Or you could like unscrew the, the stick and yeah, and pull it a few inches or maybe several inches closer to you. I don't know. like that. There we go. Does that work? You're gonna have to speak directly into it, though. Okay. All right. I'm used to speaking away from the mic. But now you're my off, mic. But now you're off screen. See, these are the issues that I battle on, on a weekly basis for WrestleMania. Right? Should make sure your face is on camera. Your face yes. is half off camera right now. All right. So let's do this. There we go. How's it going? That sounds good. Apparently, I'm coming through the left channel. And Gullo is coming through the right channel. I wonder if I press this button here. If that doesn't... If that corrects it. It might not, though. So, uh... If there's a way to correct that, I don't know what it is. Um, but, uh... We'll do our best. Hopefully this is audible enough. Thanks for your comments in the chat, letting us know, uh... How this is sounding and looking. Because, uh... I, I, I wrestle with and stress out about how everything is sounding and looking all the time. But anyway, um, we've got uh, wrestling business to talk about. And, uh, we do. Where do you want to start, Gullo? Uh, well, this is a WrestleMonics logo. Uh, this is the report. Yeah, let's actually, let's actually start with the, uh, the report here, uh, the Gullo report. Um, and kind of all the talk of last week's episode was the 30-minute war. And... We have some uh, preliminary 
uh, results of that 30-minute war. And uh, well, we'll start with SmackDown. So this is the preliminary Fast Nationals uh, for SmackDown, uh, 833,000 P2 plus with a 0.22 in 18 of 49. We don't really have to give last week's so, comparison on Fox because this is different being yeah. on FS1. So what you're so. reading here is um, my my best guess uh, calculation. There should be an asterisk next to this. Yeah. Um, so this is what An- Andrew Zarian reported yesterday on Twitter for the Fast Nationals. Yeah, so he reported 793 for... Uh, for SmackDown, and then we'll, you know, he reported 549 on Rampage, and we'll go with your best estimate. So we should, um, why don't I just explain what my math was here? So I'm figuring that based on the last couple of weeks where we've had fast nationals, um, and just to review for uh, for anybody who's uh, just catching up, what a fast national is. Do you know what a fast national is at this point, Chris Cole? Could you explain? To uh, so the uh, fast national is like a seems like an estimated rating that you can pay for, but you have to it's very expensive through Nielsen. And from my test. understanding, wasn't it just broadcasting or was it just like net, maybe networks like Fox, ABC, CBS? It could be for any channel, okay. but we already get what people call overnights, what are also called fast so, affiliates. Over, okay. So overnights is what I'm thinking of every single day. I'm not sure if overnights is like a is a technical term, yeah. but it's something that people use to refer to both fast nationals and fast affiliates. Fast affiliates are very normal. We get fast affiliates every day. There's fast affiliates. Today is Sunday. So fast affiliates have probably already been reported for Saturday, for whatever was on network TV mm-hmm. slash broadcast TV Saturday night. We get fast affiliates every day, and we get fast affiliates for SmackDown the next day when it's on Fox because Fox is a broadcast network. So that's not out of the norm. What is out of the norm are fast nationals. Fast nationals uh, could be for cable or broadcast. Again, where fast affiliates are only for broadcast. So fast nationals, as you said, have to be paid for. They're an, they're something that uh, Nielsen subscribers have to specially request, and it's expensive—a couple thousand dollars, for, yeah. I think, for every program that you want a fast national for. Um, and we've been dealing with fast nationals really for the first time in my life of covering wrestling business. This is the first time I've ever dealt with actual fast national data. So this is a big deal. Um, so this is what the 30 minute war has come to. Yeah. So what we have on the screen right now um, are the fast nationals up here. This is, this is from Andrew Zarian, the total viewership. Now we'll get to this in a moment. Let's just talk about how I got to this math. But look now let's get to it now. Um, What's been reported in the last couple of weeks have been the total viewership and the demo. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp reported this information first a couple of weeks ago for Rampage only. Then the next week, Raj Geary from Wrestling Inc. reported this information, total viewership and demo for Rampage and SmackDown. Sean Ross Sapp apparently got this information too, at least for Rampage he did. This week, the only information that has made, made it to reporters is the total viewership, not the demo. Conspicuous. More on that later. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what we have here, reported first by Andrew Zarian of the Matt Men podcast. SmackDown, obviously, we we haven't mentioned this yet, but people listening probably already know. SmackDown was on FS1, which is a cable network, instead of its usual broadcast home of Fox, because uh, we had 
baseball playoffs on Fox. So what we have here is the two and a half hour fast national rating for SmackDown, 793,000. And what we have for Rampage, 549,000. Now looking at these numbers, we'll get the final, by the way, on Monday, right? These are just like prelim numbers. These are not the final answer from Nielsen. The difference by percent between fast nationals and finals is roughly 5%. So if we're trying to make an estimate, which is what we're doing right here, trying to make an estimate about what the finals will be that get reported on Monday, we just let's just add 5% to each of these numbers, and we get this. 833,000 for SmackDown, 576,000 for Rampage would be my rough estimate. I bet that's pretty close to what, what we're going to read on Monday. Now, it's conspicuous that the, that the demo hasn't been reported yet, while it has been reported in prior weeks. It sounds like at least Raj Geary made some effort to see if he could get the, the demo rating information. He could not, apparently. He has not reported it yet anyway. Um, I asked someone about uh, what, what what's happening here uh, as far as why we didn't get the demo. I was told by someone who knows, presumably knows what the demo is, that there's a reason why the demo hasn't been reported yet. Um, so anyway, let's go further with our estimate and try to estimate and predict what the final rating is going to be for the, the demo. That is the, the viewers between the ages of 18 to 49. And uh, if Gullah will move his head out of the way a little bit. Um, so <laughs> usually, so what I have here in blue is sort of a, a pro SmackDown case. And what I have here in orange is a pro Rampage case. So to predict what the demo is going to be, I, I'm looking at what's the usual percentage of viewers relative to the total who are between the ages of 18 to 49. And uh, AEW viewers, there tend to be a higher percentage of viewers in the demo for AEW programs, including Rampage, than there are for WWE programs, including SmackDown. Um, so what does it say here? Hopefully people can read this. Uh, we're looking at it a little bit differently. Um, so let's say, let's take a pro SmackDown case. Let's assume that the 1849 demo percentage out of the total is 38% for SmackDown and 49% for Rampage. This is based on the last few weeks. Um, Rampage had a really high percentage of viewership in the demo early on, say, say for the, the CM Punk episode, I think it was like 60% or yeah, something like that. It's quite high. Uh, and that has slid down as as the weeks have gone on, and the total viewership has has, uh, has diminished. So, uh, and that and that program really seems to be settling into whatever its norm is going to be. But anyway, let's say forty nine percent. It's been, I think it was forty five percent the week before. That was the lowest it had been yet, and it had been in the high forties, low fifties in the few weeks before that. So let's say forty nine percent for Rampage, thirty eight percent in the demo for SmackDown. What we get then is three hundred sixteen in the demo. 316,000 in the demo for SmackDown and 282,000 in the demo for Rampage. This is what I'm calling a pro SmackDown case. Everybody's more familiar probably with the demo ratings. The demo ratings for those viewership totals would convert to 0.24 demo rating for SmackDown, 0.22 demo rating for Rampage. I can point to it just like a weatherman. You can point to the Rampage one. Go, go ahead and point to it. You just, you just obscured it with your head. Yes. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's pretty close. Yeah. Um, so we actually have some questions here. 
in the uh, the YouTube. Uh, let, let me let me get to the the pro rampage case first. Okay, and then we'll go to the questions. Um, and let's take a look at pro rampage case where the percentage in the demo for SmackDown is thirty four percent, which is more like what it's been lately on Fox, and it's fifty two percent for Rampage, and then we end up with two hundred eighty three thousand for SmackDown, a point two two rating, and we end up with three hundred thousand for Rampage, a point two three rating. In which case, Rampage edges out SmackDown in the demo. So, I think these numbers are going to be very close when they're reported on Monday. Um, yeah, there's questions. Yeah, well, there's questions. Uh, first off, uh, Scott Summers asked, we were actually uh, set, sat together or are we K-paving this? No, we are in the same room. No, there's a split screen right that you can't <laughs> see. There's a seam and uh, we've just we've just merged two images together. Um, it's very, yeah. Corey Jackson asked, do you think the reason the 18 to 49 demo has not been leaked because Rampage beat SmackDown in the demo? That's possible. Good guess, probably. That's possible. <laughs> uh, Tim, uh, Tim B said that Meltzer said he had the top 10 market demos and recited them in today's podcast. So we'll have to. Uh, so here's here's another tidbit I can tell you is that um, who, who do you know who the baseball game was between? On Friday night, that was on Fox. Um, I'm assuming it was uh, Braves and Dodgers. It was either Braves, Dodgers, or Astros, Red Sox. Okay. Well, apparently, um, once my team's out, I don't pay attention. <laughs> is it? It was. I think it's. It's in New York and Chicago. The SmackDown was still on Fox. I was told. Um, so, if you're trying to make a pro WWE argument, you could say, well, even if let's say we find out on Monday that Rampage edged out. SmackDown in the demo. Rampage on TNT, SmackDown on FS1. Even if that's the case, one could, I mean, I don't know who's going to do this. It's not like WWE's going to make a statement about this, but one could spin that, well, if you added up the SmackDown viewership in New York and Chicago, actually SmackDown would come out on top in the demo. Um, that's that's very plausible um, because what, like what usually happens is if in the in the recent weeks where there's been preseason football on Fox, um, we're in a handful of markets across the country. SmackDown either wasn't on or was on at a later time. Eventually, when the when those ratings would be reported on Monday, that all gets aggregated together. It all gets tidied up and, and fixed. Um, that's not going to happen in this case. What we're going to get on Monday is a report of what SmackDown did on FS1 nationwide. And there's not going to be any report about what SmackDown did on Fox in, in New York and Chicago. At least not from like Showbiz Daily or from yeah. or from me. I, 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 I guess maybe I could try to get access to that information. We'll see. Um, so yeah, it's, it it will be very complicated, and there'll be lots of plausible deniability. At least uh, uh, in, in WWE's favor, we'll find out on Monday. I'm debating doing like I was, I was thinking should I, should I do a live TV ratings talk on like Monday evening instead of Thursday because there's no dynamite rating. Again. Your your Twitter too. Your Twitter is going to be very interesting after four o'clock on Monday. Whatever those results are. Yeah, you get a lot of notifications. It always is, and I, I tweet and then I mute the tweet. <laughs> um, just be uh, speaking of Monday, people were actually bringing up the uh, as far as the quarter hours and what that half an hour was. Yeah, we'll find out all Monday. These are just estimations for the whole show. Quarter hours, as far as will will we get that information? Somebody will get that information. Maybe I'll get that information. Um, I have been reporting rampage quarter hours for weeks consecutively here um w quarter hours are harder to come by but i've reported um raw quarter hours in the past so 
I don't know. We'll we'll see. I I will ask. Um, Tim writes in the chat that they were on secondary Fox stations, WWOR in New York and WPWR in Chicago. What, what was on secondary? Um, it's, the baseball game or, or um, yeah, SmackDown? Tim, if you can answer, it was the it was it the baseball game or SmackDown? Okay, that was on the secondary Fox stations. I, I would imagine that probably big networks they could have possibly two Fox stations. How many people are watching right now? Twenty eight people. Twenty eight people. That that's in thousands, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. That that's what that's what's happening here. Um, I I, I, mean, like, I don't want to speculate where these where the fast national information is coming from, but it, I will say it is conspicuous, isn't it? That that the demo is not did not reach reporters this weekend. Um, I, I thought that maybe um we would get a dynamite fast national too, but it doesn't sound like that's happening. Um, but I wonder. I don't know if you know where I'm going with this as I put this slide up on the screen, Lola. I wonder if this is the last Friday Night War of the month. Um, well, so it would happen again, it looks like, on Friday, October 29th, correct? Yeah, so Friday, October 29th, which is the World Series, um, which I would imagine that would air in every single Fox market. Uh, and you may not know, but I'm curious like, why the game was on secondary markets or SmackDown was on, on sec, not secondary markets, secondary Fox networks. I think I'm, I'm not, I'm not familiar with what that really means in fact, but, but yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, I know. I just know that like the Yankees and the Cubs and White Sox not being in it, you know, and it's, a, but it's a Yankee rival. If it was the ALCS, the Yankee rival, two Yankee rivals actually in there. So I don't know. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, as you have here, preemption. So yeah, the 29th, I I would imagine we will have uh, another war. Will Tony Khan do the same thing he did this time around and give us a rampage buy-in? Maybe. I, I guess like the question, what 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 do the results, what kind of results encourage WWE to do an extra half hour again? What kind of results discourage them from doing half hour again? Like if... If Rampage does edge out SmackDown, does edge out SmackDown on FS1, does that discourage WWE from making that move again and then lose, possibly losing again? Or if they really blow away Rampage in the demo, do they? are they like, all right, that worked, let's do it again? Or is it, I mean, I guess... I, I think it's the other way around. It's the other way around. I, I think it's if they blow out, then I just say, see what... I mean, not done, Rampage, just say, see what we did, and they'll just be regularly scheduled 8 to 10 on the 29th. If they lose, knowing Vince McMahon, he's like, you're, you're going to have a SmackDown and FS1 that's all of a sudden going to have... He's not going to back down. Raw stars on it now. <laughs> it's going to be a super SmackDown. <laughs> I don't know. I guess, I guess I brought up the the first case first because I think that's more likely because it's you're risking a bad story of AWBWE in such and such way. It's it's very it's it's a really isolated case and SmackDown is on on FS1 and not um and not um Fox obviously. But I I, I sense that they wouldn't want if 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 the result is oh there's there's a way to spin the story in which it makes WWE look bad. Why why risk doing this again? But I can see what you're saying though, as far as a company led by someone like Vince McMahon who doesn't want to back down, pal, from a challenge. I don't know. Uh, Tim did answer us. SmackDown was uh, it was SmackDown around the secondary channels, and in Chicago, it's a very very small affiliate. 
So I'm assuming it's much like how, uh, for the longest time, my TV Buffalo was a Fox affiliate in Buffalo, New York. Okay. Yeah, I think I I think it's a something like that. So. Okay. But I yeah I uh, I I'm very intrigued to see if we have another thirty minute war. WWE in this whole thing is taking a weird approach. Part of it looks like they're not letting it is fuel them like like WCW did. You know, where they don't really address it in press conferences and all that. But then they do little things like running well, the extra 30 minutes and all that. So. Well, the the order of power is different. It's if, if we're referencing 1996, let's say. Yeah. Where, I've been listening to a lot of stuff on that because it's the 25th anniversary. So, of, of what? Of the NWO. So okay. I've been listening to a lot of how. Vince responded, and they were all very vocal in media and all that. Well, in 1996, the order of power, at least financial power, was certainly in WCW's favor. And Vince felt attacked, as he often does. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And, like, he he was the victim of predatory business practices. Does that sound familiar? Anyway, uh, so you could see how... I mean, I think it's always safer to punch up than to punch down, right? You look you look bad by being the big guy, which they are now by far. I mean, if we're just talking about revenue difference, it's probably a 10x difference for WWE over, over AEW. It's probably about a billion dollars to $100 million in, in revenue difference on an annual basis. So, and I think there's, I mean, you think about it like a wrestling promo. If you want to, you know, we're, we're taught in wrestling to, to never cut your opponent down because you, if you beat them, then you beat nobody. And it's a little... They don't want to put over this opponent, right? They want to bury this opponent. Yeah. They don't want this opponent to, to gain more more traction and, and more uh, more momentum. So you don't want to acknowledge that this this opponent even matters, right? You want to bury them and dismiss them and minimize their importance as much as possible. So we have Nick Khan saying things like, I don't ever think about competitors. He says to Ariel Hawani in, in that interview in, in August. He says, have you ever known me to ever think about what a competitor does? Something very much to that effect. I'm paraphrasing. And uh, they clearly do. I believe they clearly do think about this competitor quite a bit. And, and they should. And if you think about where he comes from, sports agencies, sports agencies try to poach people from other agencies all the time. It's constant competition. It doesn't turn off. I, I He's got I, that in him. He was I, very successful. I'm sure Nick Khan never thought about William Morris Endeavor while he was <laughs> at CAA. Um, no, but I, th- I think uh, I think. AEW poses a, a, a real risk to, to WWE in a lot of really fundamental ways. I think that's obvious. Um, I think what's frustrating for fans, maybe I'm projecting, but I think what's, what's, what's frustrating for fans is that this is another example. Uh, this, this, this being when WWE dismisses or minimizes this notion that AEW is competition. This is another example of fans reacting unhappily, let's say, to that action by because it's another example of WWE denying what seems to be to everybody else in the world to be reality, uh, which I don't know. I, I feel again, maybe I'm just projecting, but I, I feel like that's one of the hallmarks of, of, of WWE and WF uh, throughout my lifetime is selective acknowledgement of, of reality and the, the world around them. Yeah. All right. Uh, Not the next slide. Yeah. Let's, uh, do we want to actually uh, continue on this? Do you have more to say about this? No. I, I don't. All right. So you want to go back to the Gullah report? Oh, okay. Yes. All right. So um, 
So, I mean, we won't go over the rampage because we just went over the estimation. I do want to say that if your estimations are correct, it is a very nice increase from for rampage uh, compared to the week before, which was five hundred two thousand, which was the all time low. Yeah, the and record a, low and a point seventeen and eighteen to forty nine. So that'd be a really nice yes. eighteen to forty nine. This was the tenth episode uh, of the rampage increase yes. for them. Yeah. Um, we'll um, we'll move on to the. I, just real quick, because yes. I'm noticing on the screen, I don't want to mislead anyone. I've got a point three zero on the board here for uh, for Rampage's P1849 rating, a point two two. Disregard that, because that doesn't make any sense. Oh. I apologize for okay. that. For that, uh, whatever is on the screen for the the P1849 rating for those two for SmackDown and Rampage. But go ahead, move on. All right, so I'll talk more in the. They said that when I look at you, I'm, I'm kind of going away from the mic, so I'll talk more in the mic directly yes. and yes. just look at you. In See, the they're, they're validating my concerns here. I'm, I will. I'm just I'm a very eye contact person. You you know what you need? I've already we've we've already <laughs> the WrestleNomics finance department has already ordered you a mouse today because last week we got complaints that you were clicking, clicking on your mouse and keyboard throughout the whole show. So you got a mouse. I got I, I, where's the camera? I bought Golo a mouse. <laughs> what you need, I think. Is a is a headset? Oh, like a, like a, yes, with the, with, the, with, the, with the with the mic, yeah, right here, so you can move your head. I'm around. used to those. <laughs> I had a lot, wore a lot of those in yes. college. Yes. All right. And, so and look like now the now the mic is like way in front of your face. Nobody can see your face. Well, I'm, and that's not a monitor you're looking at. You're looking at the YouTube video that's, that's from 20 seconds ago. <laughs> there you go. There, look at that. All right. All right. Oh, that, that that looks okay. All right, we look good. Do we sound me? All right. So when I I won't talk to you directly, uh, but so want to move on to raw for the for the for the Gullo report? Sure. Here. Sure. All right. You probably need. So to if you want to pull need, pull need to that up for me, <laughs> yes. So for Monday Night Raw, we got one point five eight million with a point four two in the eighteen to forty nine. That is down uh, in eighteen forty nine wise from a point five two. Uh, but 1.86 million. So, yeah, so quite a decrease for Raw wasn't a draft episode um, and everything. But I don't know if you really kind of saw the results of the draft. They did kind of throw, they try to make Raw very star heavy with draft results. Now, it doesn't technically kick into after Crown Jewel, I guess. But um, it's it's interesting to see a decrease after they've kind of stacked the uh, deck here for Money Night Raw. Yeah, um, this was what? This was down. This was, I think, the the fourth or the fifth lowest total viewership for Raw in its history. It's a, a different story for for the demo. The demo is is not not that lowly ranked. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't see a ton to try to uh, to try to unpack here at the risk of um, hyper analysis. It, it it was what it was. They're going against football. Um, the football competition is complicated and different every week with. Uh, and which this goes for Thursday night too, in terms of some, sometimes it's on network and, and in addition to cable, sometimes there's the ESPN two Manning cast. Sometimes there's not. Yeah. Um, they'll be going against the Buffalo bills, uh, this, uh, this week too. So that's, that's true. The Buffalo bills and the Titans are next week. Oh, well, t- tomorrow, or, I'm sorry. Next, yeah. next episode tomorrow, of yes. football is, is, uh, is the bills and the Titans. Are the Titans good? Uh, yeah, they're they can be. They'll probably squeeze in the playoffs. They can be, but they're not a Super Bowl contender. I hope. I hope. Uh, Super, At least I don't think. I hope our friend Super Beast isn't listening to you. Despair. They got the best running back in the, the league. Tennessee I'll give him Titans. that. Okay. Um. All right. So uh, we'll move on to NXT 2.0. Uh, 
I always forget that that, that detail. That's the designation. Uh, Six hundred thirty-two thousand to point one five. Uh, very similar numbers to the week before. Six hundred thirty thousand yeah. to point one three. So, um, not a terrible place for NXT to live. Yeah, I uh, I've heard that when you don't say if you just say NXT and not NXT two point oh that there's in the headset of the commentators there is a, 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 an electric charge that that they feel if they if they say the incorrect uh, terminology. Um, this was uh, an okay rating. I, I'm at, and I hesitate to get too much into ratings because I've, I've talked about those in some detail on Thursday already. Uh, you know, this is a good, a good example of where NXT might, might uh, be living, especially in, a, in a two consecutive weeks where it did very similar numbers, at least in total viewership. Um, I believe the competition was a little bit less difficult for them on this week compared to, to, to the prior week too, which may be why they were a little bit higher in the demo. Um, as you said before, we don't have a dynamite uh, yet. Um, I'm, you'll probably and, and, get that Monday. Let me just interrupt because I, I see stuff in the chat about the 3-0. Like, I, I, I mentioned it earlier. It's I don't know why that's in there. I don't know why that generated in there. Maybe I was playing around with, with other scenarios. I, tr- I tried to delete it out of the cell just now, but just sorry about that. Just please disregard uh, the 3-0 there that's in, in the rampage row. Uh, all right, yeah. So as we said, dynamite. I'm uh, not really go over that because we don't have numbers. Well, numbers Monday for the Saturday night dynamite, uh, and the same thing. There was no roads to the top this week. So we, well, we, there was, but it was on Saturday night. Okay. So Saturday and Saturday dynamite and Saturday roads to the top. Um, those ratings will come out Tuesday morning. Okay, and then uh, impact. We do have an impact here. Uh, 89,000 in a P2 with a 0.03 in the 18 to 49 compared to 111,000 the week before with a 0.02 in the 18 to 49. So an increase on the 18 to 49, but less than 100,000 viewers for yeah. Impact. I think this is the fourth lowest Impact total viewership ever. Um, there's only a few that have been that low. One of them is, I think there were 69,000 viewers in July when there was the, the error with the guide. Yeah, uh, the guide. Where, where the guide did not list uh, impact in, in a lot of uh, systems. So this is, uh, this, I don't know, this is not a good rating for impact. The demo, though, is is up. I, I mean, I, it's we're looking at a, a program with very small viewership, though. So I don't know if these fluctuations in uh, more limited sections of the viewership are as reliable as maybe the total viewership is, but even that is a small audience. In any event, that's measuring lower. Uh, this is, again, I, I believe this is the fourth lowest impact total viewership. Well, when I say ever, I mean on access. Yeah. It's probably higher than anything on pursuit, I would bet. We don't know, though. All right. And then uh, their their Thursday uh, competition, Dark Side of the Ring, uh, did they overlap a, for one hour. Yep, did one hundred thirty-five thousand with a point oh six in the eighteen to forty-nine. That is uh, slightly down P two from one hundred thirty-seven, but up as far as from the eighteen forty-nine from the point oh five. That was the Bruiser Bedlam episode two weeks ago. This past episode was the Luna Vashon. Yes. Um, in the grand scheme of things, ratings for Dark Side are lower this season than last season, especially this this second half after they've returned from the hiatus. Um, I think this is like the third or fourth lowest viewership for a dark side episode. I wanted to bring this up to you. Do you think it's because the topics are becoming more, for lack of a better word, yeah, niche is probably better than what I'd say obscure. Like 
they're more like, hey, now we've we're not going away, so we're going to do this FMW episode. We're going to do the Bruiser Bedlam episode. I mean, these are all things I'm interested in. And I love the work they do over at Dark Side, but uh, I wonder if it's just that you know that common wrestling fan. It's hard to bring them in, even though almost every episode has like a Vince McMahon WWE tie-in uh, yeah. to it. I'm the steroid trial. Uh, I've been saying this on this podcast the last couple of weeks. That's coming up. The st- that that is ending the season. The season. Is it so interesting? I really intrigued to see what that's going to be because that that's a pretty pro. And they have Jerry McDivitt on it. Do they really? <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. Huh. That's going to be a good I, one. I, I wonder if I wonder if Jerry McDivitt like defers to WB about these things, or if he's if if Jerry McDivitt rides alone. If I remember, because let, because Jerry to be clear to everybody, I, I think everybody thinks of Jerry McDivitt as like WWE's lawyer, which is fair enough. But Jerry McDivitt isn't, and I don't believe has ever been a W employee. He is a lawyer who they hire from KNL Gates. If I remember correctly, listening to uh, Evan Husney and Jason Eisner, I think it is on who are the producers. Yeah, I can't remember which podcast it was, and so I'm not like exactly quoting. But I think they mentioned how they wanted McDivitt. They reached out to him. He said, "Let me see if." He, he will do wrestling media. He sometimes. goes, let me see if this is something I should do. And then he 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 gave him the OK, I guess. So like really? he probably he probably cleared it. I'm sure he didn't ask permission, but he's probably like, hey, if I did this, what was your thoughts? Because he yeah. did. He's done uh, like he did uh, the something wrestle live. With, Keep like, the microphone close to you. He did the something to wrestle live just with, cl- just with uh, Bruce Pritchard before. So like here. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Um, there we go. Yeah, he did that. So, like, I know he'll pop up once in a while, but and I get the sense that like they trust him because he's the lawyer and he knows. He know, first of all, he's in, he's intimately aware of legal proceedings related to whatever he might be talking about, and he knows like what's I want to say okay to say and what's not, or what's a good argument and not, or something. You know, something that affects. But anyway, yeah. So you know, it, it's so funny. Yes, Scott Summers brings up a point about the dark side of the ring. Uh, it is immediately available uh, for a catch-up and a demand service. So much, though, that uh, – and I'll, I'll admit it on this 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 uh, podcast here. I will, at around 9.15, 9.20, put in the Vice TV app and start it from the beginning with no commercials. You're telling me that there there might be alternative ways it, to watch some of these programs that are not measured in the Gully Report? <laughs> yes, and it pops right up. So just just to uh, Scott Summers comment, yes. So it's so on demand that it's up there like fifteen minutes into the nine o'clock hour. Really? <laughs> yeah. And there's no commercials. And when I watch it on demand, there isn't. Uh, there's like a Vice commercial here and there, but there's not. When like, you say on demand, how? So I'll go on the Vice TV app. Do you? Is this something that you need a cable? Subs- no, you don't have cable. Yeah, you have. Well, I. You do have cable. I do have cable. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you have to have a cable login to to get the Vice TV app. And okay. Yes. Okay. Um. Hmm. So so you have to you you have you you have to be on a system that uh, is carrying Vice. Yes. And Vice is probably being paid by the system. If yeah, like the Vice TV, you Vice. have to have a cable service, whether it's Spectrum, so still Verizon, some sort of incentive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's like the heels. Uh stuff that we talked about before i mean there's we are especially when it comes to programming that is not live it's not a live program like the the in-ring programs are um i don't know if the majority of the viewership 
is live same day, which are the numbers that we're looking at here, or if the majority of the viewership is what we might call delayed um, beyond live, live same day. And, th and by that, I mean anything from DVR to watching it through some sort of app or streaming some legitimate stream hopefully legitimate streaming service. well it is a legitimate it's the yeah I, I know i know you you're referring to legitimate streaming yes. platform but there, there are obviously ones that are illegitimate as well but i but i i think that's a i think that's a pretty small and perhaps de minimis portion of viewership i have my phone out here so you I are can... you're logging into the restaurants patreon with, yes which, which listeners if they're not already could sign up to for five dollars a month to get access to all my weekly tv ratings reports and when i say weekly i mean Every show weekly, and it, because it's daily that there is a new report up there, and uh, you get access to the WrestleMania viewership spreadsheet. That's all for five dollars, and it's all the archives too. You can see how something performed two years ago, three years ago. It's so all in there. If you have a retrospective podcast and you wanted to go back and see someday, there's not a, a huge archive yet, but yeah. But moderate. If if you're doing like a, if we're gonna dig through 2019, yeah. There's a lot there. It, no, there's no 2019 oh, in there. 2020. <laughs> Sorry. I'm really trying to put it over. I know this is a wrestling podcast. We don't false, false, false advertise. Um, <laughs> I wanted to bring up the reason why I'm on the WrestleNomics Patreon is uh, the the numbers you reported as far as the Heels season finale, which could be the series finale. We have got no real That was this most news. recent week? Yes. Okay. This is this past Sunday. Okay. Uh, it was watched by 81,000 viewers uh, with 18,018 to 49. That's overall up in the P2, but down from the 29,018 to 49. Now you can like back before. off the mic because we're getting a lot of plosives. Okay. You know what a plosive is? No. <laughs> <laughs> he left. Plosive is like, I'll, I'll, I, I will demonstrate a plosive. Um, you just gotta have to say, I, I, Peter Pe Piper picked yes. a pair of pickled peppers, the, the popping sound. And that's, that's why we have the pop filters in, in the world to try to minimize plosives. Right. Well, yes, I'll, I'll watch this. One. But yes, heels. Uh, Gola's mic, by the way, is is taped to his mic stand today. We had to tape it onto his mic stand because that that's actually my fault. I forgot to bring over the uh, the, the appropriate apparatus. But anyway, uh, so so yeah, so uh, heels, heels. Uh, up in the P two, down eighteen to forty nine. We talked about it. Me and you were both guessing not a renewal. I would guess not. Um, but we'll, that's only based we'll on live the same day. There's, I would I would imagine the, the delayed viewership and the non. I can tell you, plays into it, I've but, seen a lot of advertising for it. Yeah, stars, stars puts it out as far as advertising. So yeah, but the, the only evidence, the only sort of wide set of evidence, I know you have DVR viewership, um, but I don't have any context to put that DVR viewership in as far as other stars programs. Uh, but compared to Sunday live same day stars programs heels did not do that well relative to its you know its predecessors in that time slot um we got a couple of questions regarding ratings so before we move on we'll touch those uh um it looks uh umesh amina and uh, if i mispronounce your name i'm sorry can you tell how much percentage of each show's uh viewership compromise of people over 50 comprise of um yes for most of them we what we really need to do is uh is bring out the spreadsheet Maybe I can do that. Should I? Should I dare try to do that right now? Um, I'm gonna try. Okay, and we, we got gonna, some good internet here at the Google. You're gonna see so. a, something really crazy on the screen, just like a, a self-referenced uh, House of Mirrors. <laughs> um, what is this? Okay, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna attempt to open the spreadsheet. Okay, hopefully this works. We're gonna we're gonna fold. Okay, so what was the question? Oh yeah. Uh, 
So how how are how are they doing just fifty and up? Yeah. So where's my uh I have a pivot table for that that has charts on it. Um this is the answer. So we don't know we wouldn't know for SmackDown anyway, because on Fox, we will know actually this week because it'll be on cable, so so Showbuzz will uh report a P fifty plus rating. Uh and uh, we will know for Rampage, but this is for the most recent episodes for ratings that we do have. Um, Raw, it's it's sixty two percent fifty and over for Dynamite. Not Saturday, but the prior week's Wednesday, the most recent episode of Dynamite that we do have a rating for, fifty uh, percent in the demo. Uh, for Smack, or I'm sorry, for NXT, sixty five percent in the demo. Uh, we don't know for impact because impact doesn't because it doesn't finish in the top fifty cable originals on its day. We get uh we only get a, a P two plus and a P eighteen and forty nine. But we can calculate from that what's not in the demo, and you could you could figure that a small percentage is under the age of eighteen, and figure that the rest of that is uh, over the age of fifty. So uh, we get and again this is a this is impact that has a small audience so. So less reliable data here, but 57% outside the demo, I would guess mid to low 50% age 50 or higher. Now that probably all these, this information that we're looking at here probably just correlates strongly to the median age of the viewer, which I think you should, you should now be seeing on the screen. Yeah, that looks okay, right? Yeah. Um, which is here, color coded and so forth, where, you know, there's a distinct difference between this swath of W programs that are, that are all having a median age of 50 or older in the case of NXT on two occasions recently, 60 or older and uh, AW Dynamite in the high 40s, low 50s and uh, Rampage early on as low as 43. That's for the CM Punk episode in the mid 40s and 49 on, on the two weeks ago Rampage or the, you know, the, the last Rampage that we have a final rating for. So there's that. Um, I want to bring up a, a question that Tim had. It's more of like correlation. He says, would it be fair to say that USA TNT have uh, far more granular ratings data due to their parent companies, Comcast and ATT, owning Xfinity and DirecTV? So, yeah, their parent companies own cable providers. So More granularity than what? Uh, read, read the question again. I'm, I'm, it yes. probably makes sense. I just have to. So in, in, uh, in 2021, would it be fair to say that USA TNT have far more granular ratings data due to their parent companies, Comcast and ATT owning Xfinity and DirecTV? So I don't know for sure. I've never been in a Nielsen database, but I believe definitely TV networks um, have Nielsen subscriptions and they have them. I'm sure they're, they can look at the minute by minute ratings. I don't know to what degree they do, but absolutely. I think they can look at the minute by rating, minute by minute ratings of anything they want because they they probably pay Nielsen enough to get access to that information. Um, again, I, I'm not intimately aware of how how a TV network or or in WWE's case, I, I believe WWE is a, is a Nielsen subscriber. I think uh, you know you get access to I would think just about whatever information you want as far as final ratings, and that includes granular information like quarter hour data and minute by minute data for sure. All right. All right. So we can uh, move on here. Okay. To the uh, next slide. What's the next slide? Let's see here. I'm, I'm, I'm following along with you here. So we, we've done with the Gullah report here. Um, I have, we haven't done this, but we've talked about this in the past. I think just, just is just pointing out 
that uh, FS1 has a slightly smaller coverage than TNT. And it's a lower profile network, which is something that people should keep in mind too. Um, I don't know if there's that much more to add. We have Vice on here too, just showing you what the coverage is of Vice and Access TV. Yeah. 55 million. We've, um, and this is all as of August 2021. We have, I don't know if we've discussed this, but I discussed this on the live TV ratings talk. We, we have referenced in the past that um, Vice is in like 60 or 70 million homes. That's probably older information. It's now in 55 million homes. Access is in 40 million homes, which is about half of the cable homes. Yes. Um, so what I find uh, interesting about that, you know, is, is it'll be interesting to see if MLW ends up getting a regular, you know, deal, maybe a weekday deal, 10 o'clock or so with Vice TV, because they would be in more homes than Impact. and be interesting to see if they could eventually eclipse mm-hmm. the numbers that Impact are doing uh, with that. So yeah, we, we will see. I mean... The the information that I got showed that MLW didn't exactly outperform what's normally in that slot after Dark Side, um, but but who knows if if MLW Fusion was in a normal slot if they could build up an audience that eventually was bigger than what Impact has, uh, given access is on a, a network that's only in about half the homes and Vice is on on a network that's in I don't know two thirds of the homes or something like that. So there's that. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off 
a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash VOW net. Arenaclub.com slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip the trips to the grocery store. You can count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it is America's number one meal kit. There's something for everybody to enjoy with recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. And guess what? The fall harvest season is officially on with HelloFresh. Count on seasonal recipes like pumpkin cinnamon rolls, Friendsgiving ready sides, as well as fresh, high-quality ingredients that travel from the farm to your front door in less than a week. Are you economical and frugal like me? Well, HelloFresh has you covered. HelloFresh offers the flexibility that you need to easily customize your order on the app within minutes. Easily change your delivery day your food preferences, and your plant size, or skip a week if you need to. And we're not just talking about food that is good, tastes good, you feel good about eating, but HelloFresh is good for the world too. It's the first carbon-neutral meal kit offsetting 100% of carbon emissions. As a result, HelloFresh's carbon footprint is 25% lower than your store-bought grocery-made meals. We're talking about pre-portioned ingredients here, so you're not overbuying and you're not putting a burden on the planet or your wallet. And HelloFresh's packaging is almost entirely recyclable or already recycled content. Eating healthier has never been easier with low-cal, carb-smart, vegetarian, and pescatarian options. And no matter what you choose, every single recipe is packed with fresh produce sourced directly from farmers. So here's what you have to do. Go to HelloFresh.com slash V-O-W one four use the promo code VOW14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. No cost to you. 14 free meals, free shipping. Because you listen to this podcast, you get those 14 free meals from America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh. All right, we'll move on to our next slide here. Boom. Oh, yeah. and the, I did see this when you sent it to me. <laughs> I couldn't wait to talk about this. So okay. uh, the head of the table, Roman Reigns, he's going to be on the November 29th Monday Night Raw. And where is that, Brandon? At the UBS Arena in yes. Long Island. As, as we saw last week, reported by our good friends at WrestleTix, uh, AW uh, Dynamite was outperforming ticket sales for Raw in the same arena. Yes. And by the way, Dynamite is later than that Raw. Uh, so this is definitely a move by WB to go, hey, we're bringing the SmackDown World Champion over to Raw. The Neo Mover. The Neo Mover some call. is going over to Raw. And, and I, I find it interesting because I brought, brought it up before that they keep making this point that they're, the draft is set in stone after Crown Jewel or in large scale international event uh, to some people. Uh, yes, the, the LIE. The, the yes, the LIE. Uh, I find it interesting that they're just going to throw that out the window. Hey, we're going to bring SmackDown people over a few weeks after Well, the rosters are set in stone. At, well, now, to be fair, advertising Roman Reigns for a Raw doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to appear on the television program. He might appear in a dark match. He could do the dark match, yes. 
So this doesn't mean that he's going to be on TV necessarily. Um, I'm looking for if WrestleTix is updated uh, more recently than October 12th. Uh, they haven't. Today is October 17th. So this is this is as of five days ago. Uh, same building. Uh, Raw is on November 29th. Dynamite is on December 8th. Uh, tickets distributed for this event. Uh, Dynamite is currently at 7,000. Well, this is, again, as of the 12th. 7,522. Raw currently at 2,800. So this was, um, I believe, like a couple of hours after this announcement was made. So it, it may be, it may be drastically different for all we know. The needle mover may have, may have moved the needle and could be drastically different, but uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get an updated report from Russell Dix sometime soon on that. Um, this is a blank slide where I intended to put a chart moving on. <laughs> all right. Oh, this is, we should have just brought this up earlier. Yeah. I, I was going to kind of segue to it, but uh, I wasn't sure where it was in the slide wise. So, we talked about that that buy-in, right? The the AW Rampage buy-in that yeah. they put on uh, on YouTube. Three matches they had too, but yeah. the big thing they uh, advertised was Danielson and Suzuki, and it started. Uh, you have here approximately eighty thousand. Uh, John Pollock has here. John Pollock, yes, uh, about eighty thousand uh, viewers, and it ended with ninety-eight thousand four hundred. Um, I and know that's when a global I watched, number. Yeah, when I watched Saturday morning, it was in the. F- like 400s. And I think Sean Ross app said something about 300 something, but I don't know when he was watching it. The, I think the, the, the reason why this is interesting to me, or one of the reasons is we're, we're talking about the live viewership here in terms of like how, how many viewers watched this and maybe weren't watching SmackDown. Um, remember when we talk about SmackDown and, and rampage, their TV ratings, we're talking about us TV ratings, one country. Um, you know, the country with, with the highest TV rights fees and so forth, but, but that's one country. This is a global number. You could, it's hard to say what the live viewership might be like, but I, I think on YouTube generally for wrestling content, and I, and I know WWE's been geoblocking India or something. I'm not sure how that's all working out to, that's to appease Sony. But before then, and as far as I know, AEW is not geoblocking India. This is on AEW's channel. India uh, makes up a, a huge amount of the YouTube viewership, maybe as much as 70%. But anyway, WWE has said in, in, in its case, uh, in years prior, when it wasn't geoblocking India, that only 30% of their digital engagement, which one would think includes YouTube, was domestic. So a minority of this might be US, yeah. might be actually competing with SmackDown. And with a minority, my timeline, my social media timelines were flooded with people having a TV of SmackDown and oh, really? a laptop of YouTube. Yeah, I had I, that's that was my situation yeah. as well. Uh, so you so you could be registering your double dipping. Your Nielsen uh you could be registered as, as a viewer through Nielsen of SmackDown while you simultaneously have another screen going. I don't I don't see any reason why that wouldn't be why that couldn't be the case. Um nonetheless, it's not as if um hundreds of thousands of people were watching and then we could say, well, you know, maybe a half or a third of those were U.S. And maybe that did eat into SmackDown's viewership. It looks like this was tens of thousands of Americans, maybe, who are watching here, um, which would be kind of a negligible amount of, of SmackDown's FS1 total viewership of like 800,000 or 700,000 to be to be bearish. Um so whatever. But I mean, there's other ways to say that, oh, this was in the benefit 
this this benefited AEW in terms of it. It made people uh, talk about on social media, talk about AEW more, and maybe uh, dr- drove more thoughts and uh, you know mind share and engagement and viewership towards Rampage. It's getting a lot of post match buzz as far mm-hmm. as a lot of people took to social media to talk about how great this match was, mm-hmm. and 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 we actually uh, uh, Scott Summers put in the uh, YouTube chat that it's now at eight hundred seventeen thousand. Uh, viewers which the interest of hey you got you should catch this match that's what they're getting obviously that doesn't do anything to the friday night war uh, but it 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 continues to build that AEW interest i mean eight hundred thousand youtube views is is fine for AEW. you know i mean we what what context do we put that in you know uh what's the typical What's the comparable? I don't even know what the comparable video would be to hold it against. I guess other buy-in streams, which would be pre-shows for their pay-per-views, maybe would be something to, to look at. We, we certainly don't have that data in our hands right now, but it could we could, it could be easily looked up. And and those videos are obviously be way older, and this is way newer. It's really hard to analyze this stuff, but um, it's not. But eight hundred thousand is not a small number for them. Probably, you know, I know I know they've got many that do millions, but. Uh, so uh, a couple points in here. Corey Jackson brings up the rampage trended over SmackDown on Twitter for most of Friday night. Um, but, you know, yes, Nick Khan, that doesn't matter. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Halfmaster puts an interesting thing. He says for live stream, it should mostly be U.S. He goes very late night or early morning for most of the markets worldwide where they watch AEW. But if you look at it, though, um, so that would have been at like nine o'clock at night. Uh, yeah. It, it would have been nine in the morning in like India or around there. I mean, people are up, they're doing things. It's, you know, you, you've got, you've got the time zones. I lived in, like, you lived in India. No, I went to, I went to Indonesia. So you I, went to Indonesia. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, I lived the 24 hour. Indonesia difference. is not that close to India. No, but that's what I'm assuming. It's close. It's probably like 22, hours. but it has the first, it has the same first three letters. I, I'm so. talking about it basically being when at <laughs> night here, it's morning there. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, okay. I, I've I've lived a 24 hour difference, like to, from where it is here. Okay. So, but that's a good point that this would be most convenient for people in in US time. Think zones. about a big market, though. I mean, I'm not I'm not sure. It would probably be afternoon time in in Japan, and of course, yeah, the Japanese small, audience, small small market, still a Japanese audience would want to watch this match. I, I suppose. Yeah. Um, okay. It's was, it was 5:30 in India. Okay, see, so. Man, yeah, it, India, 530 a.m. Yeah. So, okay, so not so convenient. So India and Indonesia definitely have a okay. huge difference. Yeah, they're, they're like on. Yeah, but like they're not that far. I mean, when I look at you look at a map, I didn't think there was that big of a time difference. Okay. Okay. All right. I uh, was in the geography big once. Yes. I think you shot a map in this room somewhere that we could reference. <laughs> I have a little globe in the other room. Okay. Because they're like, there's India and. Yeah, there's like Thailand and all that, and then India. Yeah, but I'm thinking maybe I thought it was a couple hours. Yeah, but you were there, like, and you were like, "Oh, yeah, India's right over there. <laughs> yes. We're here." Anyway, uh, I, I put this together this week just for fun. I guess it, it's it's also somewhat relevant with the um, the quarterly report coming up on November fourth. This is the board of directors. Yeah, um, would, you, would you like to? There, how many board? How many members are there on the? First of all, do you know what a W board of directors is? I think I've explained this to you before. Do you remember? Uh, so the, if I remember, like they don't necessarily like own part of the company or anything like that. I think they, they might own shares. Might shares, but they're yeah, they don't get on because they they own a certain percentage of shares. It's uh, 
Yeah, I I I don't remember the exact thing, but I know so, we we I remember we talked about Steve Coon and how he didn't have any really role in the company. He's yeah. just on the board of directors. Most of the members of the board of directors, with the obvious exceptions of of the first five that we'll talk about here, these are not full time WWE employees. These are not people who work for WWE. These are not major investors of WWE. Although it's plausible that a major investor would push for certain members to be on the board, uh, I think they might get a relatively small amount of shares just to align their interests. That makes sense. Um, and I think they might get awarded stock. And I think we have SEC filings to show that. But I'm, I'm not intimately remembering what that is. I mean, um, if we just look at this, I think, you know, we got Vince McMahon. Yes. We don't, was Nick Congress, Cena Salem, Stephanie McMahon, Paul Levesque, the, the, the usual players. So those are obviously yeah. full-time employees, major executives for WWE. But, but then we got uh, Frank Riddick on there. Remember good old Frank Riddick? Yeah. For, were, you, were you around for the Frank Riddick days? I was not around for the Frank Riddick <laughs> days. Not not involved in the WrestleNomics realm of things. Um, yes. Frank Riddick was the, was the CFO after Berrios was fired. And he was the CFO until Christina Salen and Nick Khan were hired. So he was, I mean, that's a period of roughly January to August of 2020. So he was, you know, he was, he appeared on a number of, of conference calls. We have uh, Jeffrey Speed, who was actually a uh, uh, former uh, Six Flags uh, EVP and CFO. And I, I should know, too, when we're talking about Frank Riddick. Frank Riddick was already somebody who was on the board. So he was plucked off of the – well, he was still on the board. But he's somebody who was like sort of drafted from the board to become this interim executive. He is his, – his past is he's the former CEO of Shale Inland. I don't know what that is off the top of my head. But he's somebody who's – I think these, you think of these people as being like sort of in advisory roles. I don't know how often they, they meet. Um, and they have a number of duties as far as determining the compensation of executives. These are – their function is these are people – by the way, how many are there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 12, 13, 14, there's 14 of these people. Um, they're supposed to be the ones who are looking out for shareholders' interests and sort of, uh, they're sort of, they're the people who are overseeing the executives, you know, ideally to make sure the executives are making good decisions that are in shareholders' interests and are not just running amok or whatever, which is, which is, a, a, you know, to a degree, a legitimate concern for, for publicly traded companies in general. And, and I'm not trying to overhype anything, but like, but especially companies that have, Class B shareholders like this one. It it seems to be to a lot of these board directors, their jobs would be something kind of related to what a sports yes. entertainment market would Absolutely. be. Absolutely. Like you talk about Jeffrey Speed, Six yes. Flags, EVP and CFO. I mean, yes. there's the entertainment, you know, uh, live entertainment. We got Lauren Ong, uh, former Travel Channel president. Yes. Cable Network. Yep. We have uh, Steve Pannon, who is a former Parkwood Entertainment. Do you know Parkwood and Entertainment CFO. is? I don't know Parkwood Entertainment, though. Parkwood Entertainment. And I didn't know he was former. I think he was not former when he was he's, – he's a relatively new member of, of the board director, Steve Payman is. Steve Payman is now apparently the former Parkwood Entertainment president and CEO. Parkwood Entertainment is Beyonce's um, entertainment production company. Production company. Um, so large-scale entertainment events. <laughs> I, I heard that Beyonce was putting over Naomi recently or something. Yeah. So someone told me yeah, that's it, 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 It's her uh, daughter's favorite wrestler. There you go. Um, Eric Nardini, uh, Barstool Sports CEO, which is a huge uh, uh, thing to have there. Barstool Sports is pretty much she's relatively new to the media. board. Um, someone was, was when I tweeted this, someone pointed out to me. Uh, people are uh, I'm not from that familiar with Barstool Sports. I understand they've been in, uh, there've been some um, controversies 
I'm, I, I couldn't describe to you what they, what they are, but yeah, people were, were laughing at the fact that Tony Khan apparently appeared on two barstool sports shows recently and like put over AEW and probably disparaged WWE or something. Yeah, I mean it's a if it's the but it's a media sports sport. and we we so I I always look at the wrestling uh, podcast and they started a wrestling podcast and it was like number one in the rankings a week later like just a guy it wasn't like a name on it, it was just a guy from wrestling sports boom they were they were top in the rankings who what is the name of that or um, is is that the Robbie I think so yeah I don't know how to put my phone but anyway I'm sorry but uh, moving on. Uh, Alan Wexler, uh, General Motors uh, Senior Vice President of Innovation and Growth. Uh, we have Manjeet uh, Singh, who is a former Sony Pictures President of Home Entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, it, this is now that they've, you know, kind of merged WWE Studios with other media division, they still have an advisor. So if they want to get in the movie business, <laughs> they, uh, they are in the movie business. They license content to movie studios. Yes, they don't produce their own films anymore because that's expensive and fails but they do license their content you never want to see a marine ever again i don't how how old is the most recent marine film uh probably a few years yeah i mean there's no reason why you couldn't license that that ip to someone who wanted to get the miz out there again yeah that's true yes the miz we we i think we'll talk about the miz more about the miz in a moment phones are flying everywhere uh steve coonan who we've talked about before in this podcast Atlanta Hawks and uh, State Farm Arena CEO, uh, which that's also the home of that WWE Day One event. That's true. Yeah. Uh, That'll be happening. And then uh, Connor Shell, Sherman Entertainment CEO. Uh, Do you have any info on Sherman Entertainment? I I think, well, so Coonan and Shell are the newest members of the board. Um, Shell, I believe, was very much involved with the ESPN 30 for 30 series is his big claim to fame. So there's that. Um, so we just uh, had a uh, just a question here. Well, first off, Scott Summers asked where Berrios and the other lady was. We talked about it. During Excuse the- me. We, we we say people's names here. On this that's podcast. that's what that's. What okay. he, that's Michelle a, yeah. Wilson is who you're referring he asked to. that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm reading the question. Okay. Before. The people on YouTube see it. You know who that other lady I, is. I, so. I, I do. Okay. But I, <laughs> I'm reading the question word for word from okay. people. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the bowling uh, company. <laughs> yes bolero bolero yes uh, what about bolero uh, that's where they are right now that's where bolero so there's there's more we can tell you about this so so george barris and michelle wilson the former co-presidents of wb uh when they they left WWE in january 2020 they formed after a, you know, a long hiatus through the pandemic of I, I don't know what they were doing uh they started their own shell company or i'm sorry maybe the, the more appropriate term is their own spac their own do you remember what SPAC is? Stands for? I, I Special. It, yes. I don't know. Something like Special Acquisition Company is something roughly what it stands for. It's basically, what is a SPAC? This is my understanding. Someone in the finance world could probably explain it better. It's basically an empty company. It says, we're just, we're a corporation. We don't do anything yet. But we're going to acquire somebody else's organization and sort of bring them in and then immediately make them public. Um so that's and this is something that's been all the rage on, on on the stock market in the last year or so. Um, so they started ISOS Capital, that is their SPAC, and then they acquired Bolero, which is this bowling franchise. That's what they're doing. Uh, that's they're 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 about to. I think they're about to. They either have or they're very early in uh, going public as as that company, basically. 
Uh, Cor- their parent company, I guess, is ISIL yeah. Capital. But anyway, yeah. Corey Jackson just asked a question. Are the pitchers ranked to how many shares of stock they have or how important they are in the company? I, I tried to make them. This is, there's, there's no rhyme or reason to the size. Uh, I think it's like the most. Other than I made reasons, Vince yeah. the biggest because he's he's the chairman and the CEO and the head of creative. And then I, then I listed the full-time employees first and then – I think I try to roughly put these in order of like, like who's the who's the newest yeah. and who's the the longest running members of the board, but there's no rhyme or reason that much to it. All right, we can move on to our uh, next slide Moving. here, and uh, yeah, you just brought it up. Uh, uh, yeah, the USA Network has renewed Ms. and Mrs. Yes for season three. Yes, um, it did. Gr- we were looking at the ratings. It did great ratings. Uh, here, here I've got a quick dot chart of the. Uh, this is the P2 Plus of uh, – I'm guessing the – oh, I, I get to point – I guess I get to live my dream now. I get to point at the, at the, at the chart. I'm guessing this is season one. This, this won't be great for people listening on audio. This is season one. And then in the middle, I'm guessing this is season two and then a hiatus and then season two continued. And then if you move your head goal, you can point to what, what the remaining dots are that would be season three with, yeah, with, three, a, with a hiatus in there. the middle. So, yeah, so yeah, um, the split season, you know, how they do a mid-season finale and all that. So. Yeah. yeah that, that's the mid-season. <laughs> so the viewership for season three is obviously not as high as it was. It was well over a million for the entirety of, of season one, which is apparently only one, two, three, four, five, six episodes, I think. And then season two was some of them were over a million, some of them under, some of them well under. Uh, and then the latter part of season two, these might have had different time slots too. I don't think these were all getting the lead in from Raw, uh, but the latter part of season two did well under half a million. The 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 big takeaway though is that season three did better than season two. Um, and again, I'm not sure what the relationship is there as far as when, when they were when they had the lead in and when they didn't. But uh, viewership was pretty good for season three. Um, and I so oh dear, I've closed the the slides now and I'm going to reopen them. So, uh, so does this press release, uh, say, what does this press release say? So renewed for season three. So you were talking about the bottom half of season two. They got renewed for a third season. What, 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 so, what are you so referring they're, to? They're, they're, they're renewing them for a third season. So you were saying season three did oh, well. Oh, my season bad. Season two Thank did you. well. Yes. Thank you. So maybe the, the split is between the seasons is like right yeah. here with season one and season two. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. Um, Yes. What is what it, I I would like you to um just, did they announce that during a, an, an appearance on the Ellen DeGeneres show? Yeah, on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Plus, um, Miz has been uh, on Dancing with the Stars. That's right. Dressing in multiple different outfits, he was a genie. I saw. <laughs> so, um, um, is does, does Ellen DeGeneres still host the Ellen DeGeneres? Show? Yes, but is it's it's, en- it's ending like at the end of the season's done. Oh, okay. Like I I can't remember the exact end date, but. Yes, she was embroiled in controversy of being a uh, not a great boss. Mm. Okay. So. Uh, I, I would like you to read the quote here in this paragraph. Yeah, so we are overjoyed that we are able to continue giving fans a front row seat into our crazy lives, said Ms. and Maurice. Season three is going to be awesome. <laughs> they, they, they both are attributed with this quote. I, did, I, I just, <laughs> I, I love these... Um, press release quotes as if they were on the phone. They said it at the same time. And they, they, they're one, they, they think alike they're on the same page and they just had the exact same thought verbatim and they looked at each other and just said it in unison together at the same time. 
And that is their quote. It's it's definitely not the case that a PR person just thought up a quote and then got their approval for it. You know, that's a it's a very uh, quick, positive tidbit for an article. Wonderful. Season three is and, and awesome is in all caps, by the way. Yeah. Just so you know. But uh, I think that's our, our, our other than the ratings there we've already talked about. Uh, I don't know if this is up to date. And I don't, we could talk about uh, attendance here, but uh, yeah, that, that's that one's definitely a mess. So yeah, I think that's all for. Are there more questions? We're now at one eleven, but um, if there are more questions, we'll take that. Uh, uh, just kind of like kind of to what you we were talking about, but nothing, uh, nothing big question wise. Um, if you have questions, get them in now. Did you see the Tony Khan quote about you know I don't know Ted Turner, never met him. Um, he seemed like a smart guy. When I read that, I thought Ted Turner was dead. No, no, no. <laughs> best wishes to Ted Turner. Uh, he is having health problems right now. Yeah, he, he is. He is. Uh, um, but uh, he made the point that like, he knows more about wrestling than Ted Turner. But yeah, because Ted Turner just yeah he wasn't the wrestling expert at all. Well, the, the 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 talking point that I hear all the time that I think is true is that Vince is like obsessed with Ted Turner. And still kind of is. We, we saw it in the conference call. Exactly. <laughs> he still he still thinks about Ted Turner. <laughs> but Ted Turner doesn't never really thought about Vince McMahon uh, that much. And Ted Turner was never making day-to-day decisions about WCW. He was just funding it and delegating that responsibility of running it to, to other people, including Eric Bischoff and Bill Watts and Jim Hurd and Kip Fry. Bill Bush. And Bill Bush. Yeah. Maybe Jamie Kellner, he obviously, I don't know. I forget the whole uh, Yeah, I mean, Jamie Kellner was the one that, that ended it. So. Anyway. But, but yeah, so, uh, oh, we do have a question here um, from uh, Chicken Pom Pom. Interesting name. Uh, do you feel uh, that we'll ever be able to know the subscriber numbers for AEW Plus and Fight? Since it's a considerable amount of U.S. hardcore viewers are now using that. And somebody brought up the fact, too, that the buy-in was also on Fight. So oh, was it? Uh, no, I don't think we'll ever know how many subscribers there are for AW+. Um, AW is a private company. I foresee AW being a private company for the foreseeable future, um, which is something that is questioned to me sometimes. Is you know, uh, Someone was wondering if the fact that Tony Khan did a, did a video for Forbes recently, I don't know if you saw that, um, this, is, this yeah. is more recent than the article about him and AEW and Forbes. And in this, this led to someone uh, who has also worked with Forbes uh, to ask me if this meant that AEW was, was looking at raising funding, was looking for investors basically to get more cash and to, you know, to, to, to invest that cash and things they wanted to do to grow the company. Um, no, that's not happening. Uh, Tony Khan's dad is Shad Khan. Who's a billionaire? I'm curious why Tony Khan is often referred to as a billionaire in in media that I see because I don't know if Tony Khan's a billionaire. He's the heir to a billionaire. Yeah, he's also referred to as an NFL owner sometimes, but he's technically not the owner. He's like head of analytics or whatever his position is. I mean, but he's pretty much yes. it's it's his football team too. Yes. Um. But, uh. But yeah, I don't think we'll ever get that information unless there's some reason why AEW wants that information to be public because they think it's advantageous to them for it to be public. Uh, I and I'm not sure who put this up. I want to say it was I want to say it was Melter, but I could be wrong. Was reporting that 
W like that Fox could be able to pay attention very closely to AEW's performance based on like when their contract goes up with WWE, they may be looking towards because if you look at how the how much eighteen to forty nine per hour or something like mm-hmm. that, uh, it might be much more financially reasonable and smart to go with AEW over WWE. This is playing with the notion that AEW would end up on Fox. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what's Sean Ross Sapp had a report about sort of about uh, WWE's relationship with Fox. Um, the main takeaway I got from it is that there was a SmackDown. There was a Raw scheduled in LA. It's now a SmackDown scheduled in, in LA. There have been rumors that there's been tension between those two sides. I, I don't know. Obviously, that's a much younger relationship than the NBCU relationship. So NBCU is deeply involved with, with WWE at this point, right? There's Raw. There's Peacock, the network content. There's NXT in that order um, in terms of value. Um, there's Miz and Mrs., which we just talked about, which is on a USA network. Um, there's no more... Total Bell is Total Divas on E, which is also NBC Universal, but uh, there's still that reality program there. So there's this, there's a deeply rooted relationship with NBCU. So I don't, I don't see WWE. You're breathing right on the mic. I don't see WWE uh, leaving NBC Universal in this next round. So the more likely the two would be Fox. That's something we can say. Um, I think it would take a lot for AEW to not have its two flagship programs on Turner Networks. That said, I don't think it's unreasonable to for that to be the end result. Um for them to to put one of them outside of the Turner Network, of, of the outside the Turner universe or the Warner Media universe or Discovery Universe when those two companies merge. Um but if Fox Fox would have to make it very much worth it to them. I mean Fox has something uh inherently that that's valuable and that's their reach they're a broadcast network that's in over 100 million homes well well beyond the reach of tnt or tbs so there's that benefit and and and, uh, there'd have to be a lot of money involved as well um but yeah who knows all right uh we do have some question uh some further questions that were asked here uh uh Umesh uh, Mina asks, uh, how much money should uh, AEW be getting in their next TV deal? Can they go to a network like ABC or more, maybe even Fox? We kind of talked about they could do that. But yeah, how much money do you think? Uh, that, just a rough estimate of what they would get. Obviously, it'd be more than what they're getting now. It, it depends. I mean, maybe they maybe it's, it's in their interest to try to split it. I think that's – I feel like I don't know a, a lot to say a lot with confidence. But, but maybe one of the lessons of 2018, thanks to Nick Khan, is that – you make a lot more money if you split the rights. If you make a lot more money if you sell Raw here and SmackDown there, rather than if you sell Raw and SmackDown to the same buyer. Um, you make more money that way. WWE did. They made they're they're richer today because Nikon helped them split the rights from just NBCU to NBCU and Fox. Maybe that's a strategy that that AEW will follow. Um, what, what what will AEW get? Right now, they're getting about $44 million per year for their U.S. rights. I think there's a number of things that, that factor into what is your media rights value going to be. Viewership is one, and I think there's things to read within viewership, including where your viewership is ranking. Probably 1849 being the most important part of, of that. Where do you rank? We know Dynamite is ranking number one often in cable originals on Wednesday. 
Rampage sometimes is one, sometimes, you know, in the top five or so. Um, but I think they're just based on their viewership. So there's other things too, like your synergies when you see Cody Rose appearing on these other Turner shows, when you see Miz appearing on other NBCU shows. Um, your ad rates are a big deal, of course. I don't know what anybody's ad rates are, but that's a factor, right? And that's something that we've kind of talked about. I talked about on Thursday in terms of, hey, look, uh, NHL wasn't able to equal what Dynamite did in the same mm-hmm. time slot. But I bet NHL is driving more value for Turner in terms of ad rates and perhaps in terms of carriage fees. But anyway, I think AEW is possibly going to get, just based on its viewership, other factors notwithstanding, maybe a 4x increase in TV rights fees. That would that would get them to $176 million per year. Um, that's still substantially lower than what SmackDown or Raw get currently, which is 205 in the case of SmackDown, 265 in the case of Raw. Uh, but it gets closer. Um, your Nick Khan quote pretty much answers Scott Summers' question of, does SmackDown go to USA? Nick Khan would probably look for another uh, outlet if Fox didn't want in. And, I mean, he's talked maybe. maybe who's, not, who's left on the table? Here maybe it's on Amazon. Well, that's definitely what they want. Yeah, that, that's definitely what they want to to hype is that the fangs are, are, are the, the Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google world is interested in us. So if, if you're not going to bid aggressively, there might be others who are extremely wealthy. The fangs are the biggest companies in the world. Um, so perhaps as far as traditional outlets, Viacom is really the only one that's, that's vacant. And I know they just announced they're doing something with the wild women of wrestling. Um, but that's in syndication syndication and, that I don't know that that would be prohibitive. So, uh, Andrew Barker, uh, kind of a comment now that, uh, what does WWE do now that Triple H will clearly not be running the show when Vince steps down? We kind of talked about it. Like, uh, Vince isn't going to step down, in your opinion. And Never. I, I, I think he doesn't step down either, sells or he dies. Is, yeah. But, Vince, Vince, as, as uh, John Moxley said, will die in the chair. Yeah. Um, the more, the, the, the most important thing. And I, I was validated when 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 I was on Sean Walton's show, and he was like, "I agree with that." When I said, "Yeah, I, money is is really important to Vince, but what's more important is control." He will never give up control. He will, as long as he has his faculties and he is able to work, he will be the head of creative forever. All right, here, um, uh, Tim B. Uh, how have the uh, cable network rankings changed since the SmackDown? To Fox and AEW debut uh, used used to be above TNT. Is that but is that still the case? We're talking about the networks right. themselves. Yeah, like I, I don't the know. Yeah, I'm not sure. The, um, these these are questions that require a spreadsheet to answer. These these are so I might be able to at least give you some background information on that on a on a Thursday TV ratings talk where I have the spreadsheet up and we can actually look at some tabs that might be relevant to that. So so please. Ask me that question again on a, on a Thursday live T rings talk. Immortal Vegan asks, uh, great name, by the way, uh, what's the difference between syndication and cable? Well, syndication can be syndicated in on cable. It could also be syndicated on like regular broadcast yeah. networks. Is, is this a sort of a uniquely U.S. thing? Um, like syndication? I'm not sure. Like, I know obviously syndication was the was the backbone of professional Whoa. wrestling in the 80s. Oh. This, um, this dining room chair is yeah. kicking my ass. Uh, uh, <laughs> Golo, you're sitting in you're sitting in your your front row seat to a fast lane. WWE fast lane 2016 in Cleveland. I have a awesome office chair that I, uh, we put together once. This is all that that you've been withholding from me. 
Yes. Well, it's in a box. <laughs> it's so, um, but yeah, I mean, the syndication thing, uh, technically, it, technically, Ring of Honor is in syndication in the aspect of their, they ha- they're broadcasting different time slots in, in, in around, uh, networks owned by Sinclair. And it's going to be the same thing with WoW. WoW is going to be in syndication. And actually, I think, um, Lavi Margolin, I think, is the one to point out that, like, WoW is going to be in more households than, Ring of Honor with the syndication deal. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Okay. Um, what's the cool? Uh, what's the cost of running out of arena? Final question. What's the cost of running out of arena? Any examples? Honestly, that's a very broad question. Yeah, it all know. depends on the arena. WWE will tell you every time they rent Madison Square Garden, they'll lose money no matter what. So it, it 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 all depends. Obviously, bigger arenas are going to be more costs. And and, and the main expense, I. I often see people ask a similar question and and it, it the biggest expense in running a live event that is going to be on TV is the production. It's not just yes, there's an expense related to getting the rights to use the building, but I believe in all cases at this point at least in the case of WWE and, and AEW that the larger expense is the production cost. And uh hundreds was, of thousands of dollars. Was it WWE recently that was running the the St. Louis dome or they just announced that they'll have something next. They're doing a pay-per-view. Yes. After AEW canceled their pay-per-view. That St. Louis thing, we talked about it. There is no football team. They do rodeo, but it's, it's a pretty vacant arena. Maybe they got a deal. Maybe they don't. Okay. Plugs. Plugs. Uh, check me, Chris Gullo on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and, uh, Facebook as well as RTA pod and Instagram. Uh, well, RTA pod on Twitter. It, rediscovering indies on facebook and instagram we'll be rolling out our part three in our final edition uh probably around next week or so we just gotta get our own schedules aligned my co-host has been doing a lot of gopro work uh yeah. so. your, your co-host is like the kevin dunn of <laughs> yes he's, he's, he's it's hard to get him uh in a room for a few hours so We're referring to uh, jonathan jonathan ash, ash great yeah. subscriber and listener to the yeah. program he was just at northeast wrestling last night mm-hmm. uh doing production so it's hard to pin him down but we will get an episode out this month and we're going to finish our deep dive uh, with the uh, NWA uh, 2000 2017. I do recommend that you go on rediscovering the Indies archives and listen to the XPW episodes before this starts out of the ring. This, this is this is his big moment for XPW. Be, because, yes, like I said it before. Yes. Jason Iser, Evan Huzzy do an awesome job. That's 44 minutes long. We did all, like eight hours. If you can't get of, enough XPW. Of deep dive in XPW. And there were some... Crazy stories. Mm-hmm. But my favorite is, is that, uh, you know, to throw it in the face of XPW, uh, Messiah went to thumb Nick Gage with the hand that he doesn't have a thumb. And uh, Nick Gage didn't sell it because he doesn't have a thumb. Tried to do the thumb in the eye spot, but he doesn't have a thumb because his thumb got cut off by the people that allegedly were hired by Rob Black. <laughs> well, it was never been proven. It's alleged. <laughs> that's about as much as that as I need to know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somebody tried to thumb. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I am uh, doing every Thursday a live TV ratings talk on YouTube. Uh, the audio is for patrons as well. This The, the YouTube stream, though, is, is free for everyone. Um, stand by for uh, maybe I'll do one Monday night or Tuesday night because Tuesday night, well, Tuesday morning, we'll, we'll have the Dynamite rating Monday evening we'll have the um the rampage and smackdown final ratings i'll, I'll I, I, i'm very indecisive we'll see what happens um 
There's a Patreon, which we mentioned earlier, patreon.com slash WrestleNomics. You get my TV ratings reports almost every day. You get access to the big spreadsheet. You get other reports and uh, other content as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Thurston and on Twitter at WrestleNomics. I'm Brandon Thurston. I'm Chris Gullo. He's Chris Gullo. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye.